Well, I guess for uh, those of you online or maybe here that don't know, I'm Alan Ward. I am part of the leadership here at church, and uh, I am filling in for the last Sunday of which uh, Pastor uh, Mike and Cindy are on sabbatical. And uh, I know you're all looking forward to uh, having them back and seeing what the uh, Holy Spirit has done on their journey during this summer. But you know, I got to say, I was reflecting uh, just the other day, and truly, every everybody that spoke through this whole summer period, I just thought it was amazing. I really thought it was every message was really, really good, and. Uh, I tell you what, a uh, lot of lot of good talent, a lot of gifts in this church, and I know we just barely tapped in some. There's so much more, but I am blessed to be part of a church where there's so much giftings going on, and so uh, even though uh, we will be looking forward to them coming back. So last week, Elder John spoke, and I believe the title of his message was "In His Image." And in his image kind of ties in with what I'm going to be talking about today. And that if I had to give a title to my uh, talk today, it's, it's Who Am I? It's, I believe it's the great identity crisis that is facing this world today and in this nation. Is that There's a lot of people who are trying to discover who they are. The enemy has done a great job of trying to confuse that uh, today. John also talked about God's image to be our image and building up our inner man. And as we do build up, as we devour the Word, as we live every day and try and produce the fruit of the Word, we do come more like His image. And that's the whole thing, is to be more and more like His image. Now, I'm not going to give his sermon, but I'm going to go on to mine. And so uh, the enemy is, like I said, he's done a great job of confusing so many Christians. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to be focusing on today is about believers. You know, there's, there's so much craziness going on. I never thought I would ever see in my day. We have come to a place in time where people believe that are adults and, and young people alike who are now confused about what uh, gender they are, regardless of the of the of their uh, what they were born as. As and also in some states, uh, we're also seeing where they're trying to allow all the way up to eight-year-olds to decide what gender they want to be. And I just. Uh, personally think how sad this is because this is so confusing and the enemy has truly done a great job of confusing so many people. Now I'm not going to discuss that. I'm just using that as a message to highlight about confusion. We have these kind of laws that are trying to come into place and we're to accept these things according to the world standard. But we do not answer to the world standard we answer to god's standard and that's what we got to stand up and do so with the not knowing who we are and always asking that question i wonder how many i don't want you to raise a hand but i wonder how many of you have asked that question who am i and what was my purpose and what was my design for 
here on this planet? I think a lot of people have asked that and because the enemy is always trying to make you question or doubt that. So today I'm going to talk about some different things about truth versus false beliefs. Some of the bigger things that I think that are making people second-guess themselves. And I'm going to start out with reading in Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 14, because I think that, that whole scripture right there really identifies a lot of stuff. I'm reading uh, this particular passage from the NLT, and it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are un- united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. Without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered us with his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God now, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ and everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Notice it says his plan, not our plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were, who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit that lives in you, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Now, there's a lot of truths in there, and I'm going to go through some things here um, that I think battle, many people are battling that uh, allows them to not accept truth. There's usually two things that the enemy is doing to keep us in bondage. It's either fear or a lie. We're either dealing with some sort of a fear or we're hooked up with a lie that's not true that makes us believe we're insignificant as Christians, as believers. And that's mainly, again, what I'm addressing today is believers. If we, uh, the number one, one of the things, not the number one, but it's the number first thing I'm going to talk about is being feeling rejected instead of accepted. So many people today feel so rejected in life, in society, in groups, in churches, in wherever you put, you just put name on it, they feel rejected. In verse four, it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy 
and without fault in his eyes. So thousands of years before you were even in your mother's womb, he knew you. He already knew you and he already accepted you. He was, he was so excited about you. And he sees you with no fault. I know that's hard for a lot of people to believe. So many people are struggling to get God's approval. There's nothing more that we can do to get his approval. He already chose us. So quit trying harder to do something for him to, to like you better. It ain't going to work. He loves you so much. Accept that. The next thing is, is that so many people are in chains instead of set free. In verse 13, it says there clearly, And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. You're free. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you're free. You're not in bondage. You're not in chains. The enemy wants you to believe thinking that because of this sin or that sin, you may be going to hell or you're out of God's favor. Believers are paralyzed in using their spiritual gifts because they have accepted a lie by the enemy that God is mad at you. And I'm telling you, that's a lie. And if you feel like that's you, then you need to find out what that lie is and lay it down at Jesus' feet because there is no truth in that at all. The next thing that that, uh, is one on the list is under the law. You're living under the law instead of covered by grace. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says that he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. He purchased it for us through Jesus Christ with the blood of his son, and he forgave our sins. He forgave our sins. So many people put a, want to put a but on there. Yeah, but. Oh, yeah, but. I did this or I did that. See, he forgave our sins. He forgave them all. Now, you may be dealing with sin, but that isn't stopping God from loving you. He is not looking at your sin. He is looking at you as who He destined you to be. He's looking at your destiny. That's who God is looking at. He's not looking at the person who sinned or the sins of that person at all. There was a thing actually this morning that I seen online that I really liked it and I felt like it would go good right here and, and that is is that the devil knows your name and but he calls you by your sin. God knows your sins but he calls you by your name. There's a big difference. There's a big difference and we need to really grab a hold of that. And here's what I think actually I saved it to the last that um, that is really big on the hit list for Christians and that is an orphaned spirit you feel like you're orphaned instead of adopted and maybe you don't understand what that means uh, first I'm going to read the scripture in uh, 1 5 where it says God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ So many people feel like they've always got to do better. See, God predestined us to adoption as sons. Now, people get hung up on that predestined. They feel like that word means, oh, he chose some to come to him, and he chose some that's not going to come to him. 
No, that's not what that word means when you look it up in the Greek. It means he foreknew. He, he has planned for all who chose, who wants to come to him, will come into his family. He will adopt all. And if you don't accept that because of your free will, then that's what you chose, but it's not what God chose. And so also an orphan spirit is somebody who, who uh, like a kid in school, they get a B on their test. Now, I would have been cheering if I would have got a B in my test, but they would have said, oh, my gosh, God expected me to get an A. I should have done better. Oh, my gosh, what a failure I am. Or the person who's a salesman, he goes out to the clients that day and stuff, and, oh, he fell short $100 of what his goal was and stuff. Oh, I'm sure God is mad at me because I didn't do better. I could have done better. You're always finding a reason why you should have done better. That's an orphan spirit. The list goes on for miles. And I I just encourage you to check yourself if you fall into that. So many people are just believing God is so mad at them. But I want to ask you a question. Is I ask you, when has God ever punished you for anything you've ever done wrong? Think about it. Has God ever punished you for anything you've ever done wrong? Can you name one thing? Now, some of you are thinking hard. I see the wheels turning out there. But I'm going to answer it for you. No, He has not. Now, He may be sad that you feel that way, and He wants just help you overcome the lie that has made you believe that he's mad at you. That's the truth of the matter. He wants to help you overcome that lie. Now, I'm not saying that sin doesn't have its consequences. I'm saying that it it does keep us from having a closer relationship with him. But he is not frowning on you and mad at you. He's wanting to help you overcome that, overcome that in your life. So you say, well, how do, how, do we, how do we believe or how do we live? You know, how should believers live? Well, for one, believing that there is a real devil, because there is. A spiritual enemy with an agenda to bring harm to Christians. That's his whole agenda, John 10.10. 10. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I like what Peter says in 1 Peter 5.8. He says in that scripture, he says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. See, the devil loves to imitate all that God does only with a different agenda. You see, it, and what I find interesting is that um, the devil imitates everything that the father did because he was with the father for years and years. And so, of course, we know that we have the Jesus Christ, the lion, the tribe of Judah. But the devil, he goes around trying to devour all people that he can and stuff. And what's interesting is that uh, in the National Geographic, uh, if you study that about lions, I'm going to get on a little lion binge here, just to FYI, it'll give you a heads up. But when a lion roars... In his territory, you can hear that for up to five miles away. Five miles. He's pronouncing, this is my territory. 
If you can hear it and you're not part of my pack, beware. He's one of the highest, the lion has the, one of the highest decibel-wise sounds in the animal kingdom. There's only just a couple more. I believe uh, the whale actually is higher. See, the, the devil, he does, he does a similar thing. The devil wants you to always see yourself. He wants to come around roaring like a lion too. If you put up slide 15, you'll see this is how the devil wants you to see yourself. 15. Yeah, that's how he wants you to see yourself. He wants you to think of yourself as small, insignificant, cute little thing that's harmless. That's how the devil wants you to see yourself. And that's why he's always roaring. He's roaring that sin that you just did or that thing that you think is insignificant in your life. The devil desires to devour us to cause real harm and lasting harm. And he wants to fear to shake our submission to the Father and lies to distort our understanding of God's goodness. Since he cannot touch the believer's soul, Satan seeks to leave us as weak and ineffective servants of our king. I like the scripture though in First uh, John four four. It says, uh, "You are from God and ho- and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world." You got to remember who you are in Christ. You are a born again child of Christ. If you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior. You have a mighty roar inside of you. It may have been watered down. You may not be able to make it very loud because of you feeling insignificant. But that's what I'm coming today. That hopefully we can get, the church can get its roar back. That the people can get its roar back. Because the enemy is full blown out to do a lot of damage in this world today. As we can see. But I'm telling you, God has a different agenda for us. How we should see ourselves. If you want to put up slide 16. This is how we should see ourselves. Right here. Just the opposite. We got to see who we were created to be. Who God intended us to be. Not who we're believing that we think we are. But who God intended us to be. Oh yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. So. This is what's happening today. Uh, in Matthew eleven twelve, it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Now, there's different ways to interpret that scripture. But what I believe it means is, is that the world is violent about taking our territory. He is violent, and we are seeing that today. The world is trying to smush Christian belief trying to come in with all this stuff that distorts identity, distorts who we are. But with Christ in us, He cannot do that if we're standing up believing who we are in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> John fifteen sixteen says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask 
of the Father in my name, he will give to you. He chose us. He knew we were going to be facing the prowling lion. He knew that. I was so excited about this uh, verse, actually. I was ministering with a young person this week, and, and as she was uh, praying to the Lord, why the Lord told her almost identically this verse, and I thought, thank you, Lord, for that identification, for that scripture I'm using. That was good. <clears throat> and so, yes, um, in our battles, we're going to have some wounds and afflictions. It will be painful for a short time, only if you let it. So let's go back to the lion. I want you to put up um, slide 13 there. I want you to notice the scars on the lion's face from the battles. He looks pretty rough. And maybe you feel that way too. That you feel like you've been through a lot of battles and it's been rough. But the thing of it is, is see that lion with all those scars, a lot of people when they've been through a battle, when they have scars... They get timid. They get a rather not wanting to go out and do anymore because they feel like they're insignificant, that it was too rough. But I'm going to go on about the lion. So about the lion's roar. When he, when he roars, and, and uh, that's within that five-mile period, why all the other animals know in that area that there's uh, a lion that is uh, possibly could take their life. But one of the lion's biggest competitors is the hyena. And the hyenas, when they come around, they're looking to take territory as well. They're looking to take and eat some of the same food that the lions do. And they're also looking to destroy any future generations of lions that they can because they're always combating for the same territory. And so if they can kill real young cubs, they love to do that. When they come into a territory and they're, and they're scouting out, they'll look at a lion like this that has all the scars, the hyenas will, and then they'll look at maybe a pride over here uh, of younger lions that are all clean, they look really good, they have no scars, but there's way more of them than this old guy. You know which one they'll take? They'll take the, the bigger one, the bigger pack, because they have no battle scars, and they know the big lion that has those scars. They actually, according to National Geographic, surmise that and know that their chances of dealing with him is not good, because he knows what he's doing, and he's still there. So they'll always go for the ones who don't have as many scars. And I want to encourage you that if you have scars, look at them as scars of ranking. Let the enemy know that you have been through the battles. You're still here. And you're not backing down. And you're going to roar at that enemy. Now, a lot of you may have hyenas in your life. Those hyenas have names. What is the hyena that's chasing your territory? What's the name on that? I'm encouraging you to let your roar come back. If your roar has been snuffed out because of a lie, I'm telling you that there's so many, 
so many jackals and hyenas that are trying to circle the church today. And we need to stand up. The church needs to really stand up in this day because the the enemy is really uh, after us. I feel like there's a new season that we're heading into. I believe we're in it, actually. I think we're in a new season. Uh, And the church has to get its roar back if it lost it. I'm not saying that this church lost its roar, but I do think there's hyenas circling the territory. And we need to be ready for what's coming. You need to be ready for what's coming. For your family, future generations, for the church, and everything. The church, uh, it's time for you to know who your identity is. Do you know who your identity is? Do you really know who your identity is? Now, I've I got an illustration here, and I know this may not be effective for you people in the back. But you remember the lion looking in the mirror? I want you to look in this mirror. Now, you may not be able to see yourself, and I'm going to get over here. Hopefully, don't get a gain feedback. I want you to look in the mirror and start saying, who am I? What do you see when you look in the mirror in the morning when you get up? Do you pick out all the imperfections? All the things that you think you're not? All the lies that the enemy told you the day before? Is that that who you're looking at? Are you looking at all the things, the addictions maybe that you have? Maybe you have addictions. You know what? It's a great day to let them go. It's a great day to let them go. We need to get our identity back. Who is the, who is it in the mirror that you guys see? Do you see us something small and insignificant? Or do you see who God has called you to be? Who has God called you to be? It reminds me of when the uh, Israelites were in the desert and they were going to go into the promised land. And uh, when they were going to go in there, they sent two spies and the two spies went in there and they seen these giant people and they came back and they said, we're but grasshoppers compared to them. We should not go in there. But there was a young man named David. He was uh, only, from what I understand, 17 to 19 years old. And he's like, there is no way. He's like, I've had a prophecy that I'm going to be king. My God is big. My God is big and alive. He gave me promises. And I know that we can go in and take the land. That's how we should be. We should be looking at ourselves at how God created us to be. Who He destined us to be. Do you have a word over you that has not come to be so? Then stand up for it. Stand up for it. We need to let it be known uh, that you belong to the Lion of the tribe of Judah. And you're going to be... And not and you're not going to be silent, and you're going to learn how to take on the enemy. We have to just stand up and really fight. I'm telling you that the battle is real. The battle is real. I saw this week. I saw this week. That didn't sound right. While I was praying this week for this service, I was showing. A newspaper headline uh, the Lord showed me, and it said, 
headlines, Victory Christian Church is experiencing a new cleansing. That's what I saw. And I'm going to be bold about that. You say, well, what is the cleansing? I think the cleansing is, is the lies that people have been holding onto that's holding them back. I think the, it could be things in your life that you're like, think that there was just no way out and that you just need to lay them at the feet of Jesus. I think it could be all those all those names that you were told you were insignificant. It could be that. It could be a lot of things. So we're about ready to close here. And I just want you to uh, think about all these things that have held you back. Listen, the battle is real, real. And I want you to just be ready to name that hyena. I'm going to have you stand up here in just a little bit, not just yet and stuff. So, But the, but the enemy, the hyenas, mean business. And I'm going to even be even more bold. I wasn't sure I was going to share this or not because it's so many people will be controversial with it and stuff. But I'll tell you how real the, the enemy is, is that uh, I do a lot of ministry spiritual ministry of freedom type ministry and stuff and uh, I see a lot of things and I've experienced some things on three separate times in uh, in a hotel room this has happened to me I have gone I've I've been there and I was uh, laying down to sleep or take a nap and I've had the enemy come in to my room and try and choke me. Now you may say that's really weird, that's really wild, or whatever and stuff. But it's true. I could not speak. I could not go. I could not say anything because of that. But here's what I did. There's a spirit in me. There is a spirit in me, and he roars like a lion. He is a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And what I could do was roar in my spirit the name of Jesus. And because Jesus lives in me, he can hear my spirit. And the second I was able to roar his name in the spirit, the enemy left in an instant. That's happened three times hasn't happened for quite a while I was always usually on a, some sort of a ministry trip usually when that happens I'm just telling you that to make this real are you ready to roar inside if you have a sudden attack do you know what you're going to do do you know who you are just as you carry a driver's license if you drive what does that identity say about you in the kingdom so I'm going to encourage you today if you would just stand up and I want you to think about any hyenas that's been circling you that need to get out of your territory and I want you to just lay them down at Jesus' feet and I'm just going to pray a blessing over you and anybody who maybe doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ I encourage you to come up afterwards
or come up now if you want to. We'll have somebody pray for you so that you, too, can know the Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So right now, there's jekylls and hyenas with names, smoking, drugs, pornography, sexual addictions. The list goes on and on and on. I'm encouraging you now to lay them down at the feet of Jesus. Father, I pray for the people here today and at home. Lord, I'm praying for those things that the enemy has been successful about, about losing their identity and who they are in Jesus Christ. That today there's a renewal. Their day, Heavenly Father, Lord, they're, they're getting rid of them. They're laying them down at the feet of Jesus. And they realize that you have not been looking at them in disdain, but Lord, that you love them so much. I pray that they grab a hold of that love and it not takes off the heaviness off their shoulders that they've been carrying around. And the Lord, there's a refreshing renewal over these people. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, as I've illustrated over and over, that, Lord, that they know how to roar for you, that the church knows how to roar for you in this day as the enemy comes to devour. And I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that in this season that you use everyone that's listening, everyone in this room, that, Father, that you can use them for kingdom purposes to glorify the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father God, for the power and the name in that name of Jesus. Amen.